All right. We're on. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Wild Pod. I'm Jared. Uh, Betsy's not here again tonight. Uh, we hope she comes back soon. But uh, there's a... How do I put this? A week ago, I watched the Netflix show on uh, Richard Ramirez, The Night Stalker. And... Um, it's a freaky show. He, in the eighties, he tormented, um, he tormented California really, uh, really just had a big impact. I think he killed 13 people, um, attempted to murder 11 others. And, um, and, uh, or attempted to murder five others and sexually assaulted 11 other people. But tonight, I kind of, I, I want to talk about his childhood. I want to talk about what made him, what, what may have made him. And, uh, hello, Lori. I would, I would be remiss if I blamed um, all of this on his childhood, obviously, because, well, one, I don't know, lots of people have awful childhoods, and they grow up to be fully functioning members of society that don't rape and murder and all that other stuff. I don't know, we're probably not supposed to say the R word on here. Maybe that'll make it so I don't get monetized further. And if you hear any buzzing in the sound, that's the printer going off over there. Maybe putting it in this room is not a good idea. But anyways, first, I want to um, talk about some news. And let me get this uh, prepped up for us real quick. Do, 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 do. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and turn it on. You guys will just get to see it for a minute and not me um get that out of there all right it, the it says the announcement is if i can get past the soccer ad new jersey woman fighting eviction blows herself up self up in a house full of cats <sighs> So it sounds like a New Jersey woman, because of the dozens of cats that she owned, was getting evicted because the house was ruled as uh, unlivable. So she's getting evicted from the house, um, and she threatens. Uh, she threatens to blow up the house with her, you know, if if she gets evicted. Um, they declared unsafe for human occupancy. Of course, when you have that many animals, it's extremely hard to keep up with it inside of a domicile. So, it, this isn't... It, it's not a funny story, and it's not a fun story. But sure enough, she turns the gas on to the stove, and hits the igniter, and blows up. Now, they have picked through the house... They have found the remains of dozens of cats 
and the woman. But uh, it's a tragic story. Now, some people have made horrible light of it, calling it a catastrophe. Um, hopefully no one laughs at that, because if you did, you're a savage. And I promise I did not. But yeah, that's uh, that's insane. Just blowing up, uh, blowing up your house of cats, your pets. That's awful. So, onto the story. Okay. Again, today we'll be looking at Richard Ramirez the Night Stalker. He was a serial killer and rapist who terrorized Southern California in the 1980s and is responsible for the deaths of at least 13 people. But we're going to talk about his childhood. Ramirez was born February 29, 1960 in El Paso, Texas. He was the youngest of five siblings and was raised in a dysfunctional household. Ramirez's father, Julian Ramirez, or Julian Ramirez, was a former police officer who uh, physically abused his children while his mother, Mercedes Ramirez, was a devout Catholic who often turned a blind eye to her husband's abuse. Back in the 60s, man kind of ruled the house. Um, not saying that's good or bad, but in this instance, it was definitely bad. Now, let's explore Julian. He was a he was a police officer in uh, Juarez, um, and I haven't been able to find any information on why he left, why he stopped being a police officer, but um, he may have felt emasculated by leaving. His mother um, worked in a, the boot industry there, and they believed some of the chemicals she was in, because Richard was born in the U.S., so his parents immigrated here prior to him, and I think all but one of his siblings' births. And uh, his mother worked in the in a boot plant, like, uh, you know, making boots or leather fort, and some of the chemicals she worked with has later been bound to have ill effects, especially on uh, on fetuses. So they wonder if this doesn't play into it. But Julian, or Julian, I'm not up on my Spanish, but for now we'll call him Julian. Him being an ex-cop, and then he just kind of did part-time work in the U.S. and kind of maybe went from a higher status to a lower status that may have made him angry. And so he may have had issues with that. And his mom trying to salvage, salvage the marriage wasn't, wasn't uh, apt to speak up, you know, in fear that he would go off the handle. Because I'm sure it would be violent to him. So his dad would beat him with a belt, uh, beat him with wires, uh, wire hangers, and also like electrical wire. His siblings talked about the welts they'd leave on him. And also there was a report, though I haven't been able to find a corroboration with it, that his father, some of his punishments, um, 
took him to the cemetery and kind of tied him to a headstone. But that, we're not sure. So he's, you know, his childhood's filled with drama. Um, his father also uh, was reported to have been a peeping Tom and sometimes would take Richard to uh, explore these things. Although I haven't found anything about this, but we do know that he had a cousin, Miguel. Miguel was a Vietnam veteran who uh, apparently he was fairly decorated in Vietnam. He was, uh, uh, I haven't been able to find what unit he was in or what, but you know, he was uh, combat decorated in Vietnam, but he would regale uh, Richard with the with the stories and uh, you know, kind of the flashiness of Vietnam, the blood and the guts and the violence. And also Miguel apparently committed a handful of rapes over there of, of uh, Vietnamese women and took pictures of it and showed those pictures to young Richard Ramirez. Uh, we're talking a, a preteen when this first started, you know. Now, as a child, Richard was uh, suffered from frequent seizures. It was speculated that these seizures may have been caused by the physical abuse he endured as a child. Um, it may have also been caused by the chemicals that his mom. Uh, was subject to while he was in utero. He also had a fascination with death and would often kill animals, which is kind of in the point where it came up that his father would uh, had it at least one time chained him or, or tied him to a headstone and left him in a cemetery overnight, maybe to try to break him of that habit. And, uh, you know, so he fit in that... Uh, I forget the name of it, the triad of, of, uh, of murders. So when Richard was, uh, let me scroll down. When Richard, I think he was 11, um, his uncle would beat his, or his cousin, would beat his aunt all the time. And, uh, and Richard one day is over at his cousin's house and he opens up the fridge and uh, there's a loaded pistol lying there in the fridge and he asks his cousin, what is that for? And his cousin, you know, for protection or whatever. Well, later on that same week, um, Richard's over there hanging out again. And his cousin um, shoots his wife, shoots his, you know, Richard's cousin-in-law, shoots her and kills her. Um, and Richard's right there and sees it all. 
So he kind of gets a fascination with that. And, you know, his first time experiencing a human death up close. Uh, he had killed animals before that. His cousin would also, also uh, smoke pot with this 11-year-old. And uh, they believe introduced him to cocaine. Well, Richard's cruising along. And shortly after that, his, uh, his cousin uh, goes to prison. And he... Uh, Richard gets deep into cocaine and then starts uh, bur peeping toming still and then burglarizing a lot. And that kind of runs away from him. Um, he gets addicted to cocaine. And then when you read about it, his first murder. Let me pull up this lady's name if I can find it. His first murder was a 47-year-old woman, I think. Where was it at? Okay, no, he was 13 when Miguel killed his wife. But, um, so his first murder, uh, okay, so, but he began using LSD when he was 15, cocaine about the same time. Um, but his first murder, where's the name of the victim? I can't remember, but he was 19, addicted to cocaine. He had ran, kind of left home and moved to Southern California. He had did a home robbery. He was just planning on robbing the home. He had done multiple robberies. You know, he'd do a lot of burglaries, but this time he broke in and uh, the lady was home. She was, uh, I think, 46. And he, uh, he, went to rape her and then killed her. And that was kind of what broke him in on that. And after that, he kind of just lost it. And, and if we lay it out, I think it was a matter of five months. He killed, uh, 13 people, uh, sexually assaulted 11 and most of them were children. Like he would break into people's houses and, kidnap these little kids you know these uh you know five four six you know little kids and part of that was how he got caught he didn't kill the little kids very often and he didn't have any kind of type that you could predict um old young he just went after everyone but I think that childhood of his father being brutal, him looking up to his cousin, his cousin regaling him with these, the violence of Vietnam and the heroism of it. Um, he was probably uh, what he pictured of, of uh, as a Satanist. And maybe that was his rebellion against his mom because his mom was super devout Catholic. But he uh, he was just brutal. Um, and then witnessing the death and the addiction, uh, he was strung out on cocaine. Now, 
after he's locked up, oh, while he's going to, while he is on trial, he's getting hundreds of letters from women with with pictures included wanting to be with him because they thought he was handsome. He, you know, he looked kind of animalistic and he probably would have been handsome, but everyone that knew him said he, his teeth were rotten. He smelled horrible. He had no personal hygiene. So maybe just him, the, the TV between them made him alluring. And he did get married twice while he was in prison. Um, the first lady he married, he was married for a short time until that lady looked into more of what he did because during the trial, they didn't try him for the child rape or the pedophilia or whatever because they didn't want to subject a couple of those children to the court trial because they had him hands down on all the murders they could get him and lock him away forever so that wasn't as well known so he marries the first lady and she starts looking into him and sees i mean he raped 11 uh people and i think four or five of them were little kids i mean we're not talking we're talking straight pedophile stuff and uh and so she divorced him and then of course he got married again um but thank god he never fathered any children and his bloodline dies with him but these women were sending him I mean, on the daily, he was getting four or five uh, letters with pictures included, you know, I want to be your wife. And uh, and he had drawn a pentagram on his hand, uh, I think during the, it was during the pretrial. Um, and, uh, and that kind of made a wave, which fed into the satanic panic that come right around the same time. So... But I just wonder, that childhood, had any one factor been different, had his father not been such a, such a harsh and violent disciplinarian, had his cousin not regaled him and, and uh, talked about, you know, the, 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 his experience in Vietnam in such a manner that that Richard would have looked up to it. Would this, would he have, um, maybe been a little bit normal? I don't know. I mean, that's a big question. Anyways, so um, I did a an interview with uh, Les Durant, and Les Durant is a UFO researcher or uh, you know and um so at the end of this i'm gonna I, I did that interview with him it's a pretty good interview and uh of course you guys are watching live but i'm gonna pop that when i put this up on the recorded ones i'm gonna have uh uh that interview up on here with it and then i'll also put that interview up as uh as a standalone I don't know. He uh, he's doing some, you know, he, he's laying cell phones out and uh, 
looking for um just looking for ufos flying around looking for phenomena um and uh he thinks he's found some and i'll let you guys watch that and you know discern that for yourselves but tell me what you guys think of of richard ramirez tell me I don't know. Do you think that his childhood made him? Or do you think that people are born like that? That's a... That's the big question, I think. I don't know. But anyways, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, it's a bit of a quicker one. Let's hope that we get uh, Betsy back next week. Um, but either way, I'll be back next week. I've got a interview with a uh couple other uh uh phenomena people and um let me see if i can dig up their names real quick because i forget their names already everyone knows i'm not the smartest and i want to make sure i get their names correct okay we have Coming up next week at 6 p.m., Lala Bright and Bob McGuir, um, UFO paranormal power couple. They were thrown together by the phenomenon. She's a psychic medium and experiencer, and he's a scientist and engineer with internationally recognized credentials. And... We'll just chat with them about the work they've been doing and, and find out, uh, you know, where they're at. But everyone, thanks again for joining us. Um, doesn't look like we have any comments to go through. So you guys have a, uh, have a marvelous weekend. Be safe. Uh, be kind to your children. You want to make sure that they're functioning adults. I'm not telling you not to discipline them when it's appropriate but appropriate discipline is the correct way and me personally i am a uh, peaceful parent type i don't believe it i believe if you have to use violence for it then you're doing something wrong but i understand that doesn't apply to everyone just don't uh you know don't expose them to stuff that they shouldn't be exposed to oh all right, Lori says she's looking forward to next week. I don't know. Well, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on Richard Ramirez. That one just struck me. He's always been an kind of an interesting uh, case study for me. And, and I mean, if we go through, if we go through the, the the history of it, I mean, it seems like. Oh, and Miguel got twenty five years in prison, so. Uh, that's about the only good thing. Miguel, his cousin for killing his wife. And if I remember, he died there in prison in that 25 years. He wasn't very healthy, but Ted Bundy had kind of a deserted parents childhood. He was raised by his grandparents. His mother kind of ran off. <clears throat> Dahmer had, you know, kind of the same thing, but the big thing for him is he was, uh, uh, sexually abused as a child by a neighbor 
Ed Gein. Ed Gein is notorious. I need to do a show on him. But his mother was religious, taught him to hate women, kind of overbearing, uh, just like on the motel movie, you know, just, um, you know, I'm the only one for you. And then, of course, Ed Gein went on to, you know, dig up a lot of uh, freshly dead ladies so that he could make suits. Gacy's father was an abusive alcoholic. Um, then, of course, we've got uh, um, Ed Kemper. I mean, Ed Kemper is notorious. His mother was abusive, horrible, hated men. His dad ran away from his mom. His mom was overbearing. He moved in with his grandparents, murdered his grandparents when he was 15 or 16, went away to like a juvenile detention for a couple of years, got out, went and lived with his mom. Um, when he was younger, his mom would lock him in the basements, claiming that if she didn't, he would uh, rape his sister. So he slept in the basement, locked up. And we all saw how that, you know, how that came to fruition. I mean, he went on a killing spree around colleges. He called him the co-ed killer. Killing young college girls during a time when, uh, when hitchhiking was popular. That's how he'd get him. And then finally he circled around and got his mother and we ever do a show on that that one will definitely be way too graphic because he seemed like he slipped into a bit of madness but anyways yeah uh you guys yeah again have a safe weekend have a good weekend uh don't get in any trouble you know remember you don't have to DUI uber's a thing humming humming and i will uh one way or another, we'll be back on next Thursday at 6 p.m. And uh, we'll see you then.